we can tune our radio to receive abundance right now on the other side of being we came here to create, that's our most abundant state. And you will create when you are in a high vibe. You will start to feel inspired. You'll feel a force running through you and you won't be able to help it out of nowhere will come an idea. And those are the ideas that feed more charge in the world. And from there, your abundance lies. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going, and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Hello and welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, Boss Babe co-founder and your host for today's episode. Kathy Heller joined me on the podcast. She also has her own podcast called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And recording this was one of those well, you're hearing it. I had so many moments where I was like, damn, she is speaking right to my heart. This was probably one of the most pivotal podcasts that I've done for a really long time. That's actually personally affected me. So right after the podcast, I messaged Natalie and I was like, I want everyone in our company to listen to this podcast. I actually had a recording assistance for my boyfriend on this one. And we had like two hour conversation about all the things that we spoke about after this podcast. The reason it hit home for me is we really dug into the principles of abundance and what they actually mean. And Kathy said something in this podcast, which is still ringing true for me now. She was saying that true abundance is when you are creating. It's not about necessarily creating wealth, but it's in creation itself. And that was so poignant to me and really bringing me back to how can I create more? How can I put myself in a position to create? And noticing the feelings that I actually get from that. So I really hope that this podcast is as influential and impactful on you as it was on me. I would love for you to DM Kathy and myself with your takeaways because I truly believe this is one of the episodes that I've done where you're going to be like, this has actually made a huge difference and will change my life. And I can't wait to hear all of your takeaways. Kathy, welcome to the Boss Bay Podcast. I love you. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm like, when the second we met, I was like, can we talk for 19 more hours? How much more time do you have? I know. I came on your podcast and like, we kept just rolling, didn't we? Just We're like, love. more, more, more. Love. <laughs> well, it's, I'm really excited to have you on today. And when I was doing a little bit of research, because I'm always like, what, what is the conversation that I want to be having? Yeah. And I went onto your website and you had a quote on there, which I just wanted to start there because it really got me thinking. And you said, the opposite of depression is not happiness, it's purpose. And I wanted to dive into that a little bit more as to what that means for you and why you resonated so much with that quote that you would put that on your homepage of your website. Right. See how you can feel that? See Mm -hmm. how you can intuit when something has a strong resonance? So that is probably the core of what's driving everything. I had someone on my show once who said every book ever written, every movie ever made, you're writing the book, you're making the movie for your mother. Like our first client, our first audience, our first teacher is 
the pain or the lesson that we perceive being in our mom, which I had never thought that thought. But in this case, that for sure is the is the answer to your question. So growing up, my parents had just a very, what seemed like normal, unfortunately, like not a good marriage and mm-hmm. like a lot of uh, tension and struggle and abuse. And they eventually got divorced. And my mom was so talented. And growing up, she was like, in her high school yearbook, she got the senior superlative where they say like, most likely to succeed and most this and most that. And she was most talented in her senior year. And the woman who always played understudy to her as she was my mom, that was the leading role in every every single musical. The woman who played her understudy, her name was Ellen Green. And when they graduated from high school, she said to my mom, let's go into New York City and let's audition. They're doing something called Little Shop of Horrors. And my mom said, oh, but I can't do that because now that I graduated from high school, I have a choice to be a mother or have a career. And I want to be a mom. So this is where my journey is going to end. That girl who played her understudy got the lead role in the Broadway musical. And then they turned it into a movie. And she was the lead in the movie. Wow. Little shop, little shop of horrors. Anyway, she's great in it. And my whole childhood, I knew that story. And my mom would braid my hair and tell me that story and give me dinner and tell me that story while her marriage was falling apart, while everything was coming to sort of an end. And then she would say, I can't believe that this isn't working out when I sacrificed what I wanted so that he could go to medical school, so that he could do this, that he could do that. And then he left for another woman. So I watched her unravel and deteriorate and I realized her gifts were dying inside of her. Mm -hmm. And I realized happiness is an inside job. Yeah. And there's no way for someone to say, oh, you'll fill this. Here, you hold everything that I'm supposed to feel fills me up. Just so out of alignment, right? And then so as a, as a young kid watching her struggle with mental health, watching ambulances come to the house and suicide attempts and watching my, mm-hmm. just my relationship with my dad was really hard. And I didn't hear from him or know where he was for about seven or eight years. And then it was just a lot of big questions. And so when I was in high school and other kids were talking about like where they were going to get their new whatever outfit, I was thinking about why are we here? Why do we grow up to be adults that are this unhappy? And it seems as though, or it seemed to me like you went to school and got grades so that one day you would get the job in the 401k just to be unhappy. Like none of that made sense. And I was home alone a lot because my mom was dealing with her own mental health. So I wasn't just satisfied with like watching Saved by the Bell or whatever. I like needed to know. And so I started reading books like Wayne Dyer and Don Miguel Ruiz and Eckhart Tolle and all of that stuff. And when I went to college, I, I mean, I didn't even really actually get into college. I had to, I had to beg them to let me come. And I went on academic probation. And so while I was there, I was like, what am I supposed to do here? And I studied world religion and philosophy because I figured that's what I was dying to know more about. Um, and I was like, God, I can get a degree in this. Um, and then from there, my journey took me actually on a what was supposed to be a two-week trip to Jerusalem, and I stayed for three years. And I lived in Jerusalem for three years, and I studied Kabbalah and mysticism, and that was like control-alt-delete on the program. The software program 
was deleted and like new hardware was installed. And then from there, I had a whole paradigm shift and came to LA and started studying at the Mindful Awareness Center at UCLA, studied there for three years, and then went into my creative career journey with a tremendous amount of just an awareness of looking at the world that was so helpful. And the, the aperture on the lens just widened to where I could really see reality with a capital R. And so I understood how we're all craving, like being in the stream, being connected. And, and so often the way we are oriented to reality, it, we're holding ourselves apart from all that really is here. And there's a deep, empty feeling of not knowing who we are and why we are. Mm-hmm. And we identify who we are with the things in our environment rather than what really is the essential nature of our being. I want to come back to that identifying question in a second, but going back to your childhood, because I actually went to Hoffman. Have you heard of Hoffman Institute? Yeah. yeah, of course. So I went to Hoffman in February, which for those who are listening and don't know, it's all about your inner child. And yeah. you learn that when you're growing up, you either adopt, they talk about basically, if you imagine targets, and there's a center, like that's your core essence. And all the rings outside are like learned behaviors or yeah. shadows or all these things that maybe your parents have influenced. And you get taught that you either adopt a behavior or you rebel a behavior from your parent. And I'm curious from what the stories that your mother was telling you and seeing that, did you feel like consciously you rebelled that behavior? And that's why then you went on this journey or was there something else that you think, no, that also led me to that journey of going to Jerusalem and trying to find, you know, the truth. It's a hundred percent that. Yeah. You know, you go to the gym and most of the machines that build strength are resistance machines. So I think often what we are pushing against is where we're growing the most, we're actually focusing the most. She being so unhappy and unfulfilled was such a cautionary tale that I was intent on figuring out a way to understand what I was put here to do and to actualize that. And when I went to Jerusalem, some of the things that I started to understand is really the oneness of this infinite intelligence, right? Like the ego is designed where it thinks that you and I are separate, right? Just like if you looked at the ocean, nobody thinks that one wave is really separate from the next wave. And no one would think that the waves are separate from the ocean themselves. Mm. So it's impossible. But we, it's interesting because Einstein said there's actually 10 dimensions, but we see 3D because our eye sees the width, the depth, and the height of things. So we see this world in like a cube. And just because we can't perceive with our eyes the other dimensions, we then don't orient to them as existing, but they're 100% existing. So time is the fourth dimension and we relate to time as linear. Mm -hmm. But on Jupiter, a day isn't 24 hours. It's actually nine hours and 58 minutes. And if you go beyond the solar system, an hour is not an hour, it's 26 seconds. And if you go further than that, it, it completely evaporates. 
So what you learn from Einstein physics, and Kabbalah teaches this, which is amazing because when the Kabbalah was written thousands of years ago, there weren't any telescopes, there weren't any instruments. Wow. But it's all written in there. So what's really important is when you start to see reality with a capital R, you understand a lot more about what is, right? So this, this infinite intelligence, whether you call it God or the universe, I'm very comfortable with the word God, but some people aren't. And it's interesting with that word because in Alaska, there's 70 words for snow. They don't say it's snowing because what does that mean? Is it sludge? Is it sleet? So the word God means a lot of different things to a lot of people. So I understand when people go, oh, that's a triggered word for me. It's like, then use whatever word you want. But whatever we call this yeah. thing, that source of all, the creation, the field, the energy, we often see people putting it over there, like the universe, as if it's over there. <laughs> but God, this, this infinite intelligence is unlimited, which means there's nowhere it isn't, which means we are in it. It is in us. It's a video game that we are in. So when Deepak Chopra was on my podcast and I talked to him about what is the greatest reason people feel suffering and sadness and depression, he said, because we don't know who we are. And I said, well, what's the answer to that? And he said the same thing my rabbis in Jerusalem would say, which is, we are the divine pretending to be a person. So we are constantly orienting to how I'm separate from you and different from you. I have this many followers. You have this many followers. You're this color hair. I have this color hair. That is only the immaterial aspect of who we are and who we really are is in this room right now, just like waves in an ocean, there's really no way to separate your energy field from mine. And we're all part of this oneness, this loop. And so when I started to learn this at 21 years old, obviously that's why I kept extending my trip and stayed there for three years. I couldn't get enough of it. And so when I came then to LA and people started saying, why is your career just like working out? Why are you able to like manifest? That was the buzzword at the time. And I was like, I don't know what that word means. All I know is I feel like I'm in sync with the stream. I feel like I'm in presence, right? And so all of that started to help me to navigate. And then it's amazing the visceral response of resonance and how people relate to resonance like that. Yep. And a lot of times I think so much suffering would actually evaporate if we were more clear on who we are in relation to this whole thing. I'm getting very excited about this conversation. So... <laughs> And I just want to recap on some of the things that we said, because I think this is really important because if I think about to myself like 10 years ago, let's say, no, actually probably like seven years ago, I had the science background, you know, it's chiropractic school and yeah. Exactly yeah. And so it's very like, you know, I had no one spoke to me about manifestation energy. That wasn't a conversation that I was having. That was woo woo. I'm like, what? But what I've learned on this journey too and I went to Joe Dispenza's like six day advanced and relearned about the quantum physics. February 2020 before lockdown, which is I really was there interesting. In November, so oh, a few wow. months later. Yeah, it was insane. And, Amazing. But what I learned there, and I think I, I want to just say this narrative because for any of you who have resistance to believing that energy exists and you know the whole principle of manifestation is like, like vibration and similar vibrations attracting each other, et cetera. 
it's kind of bringing it down to, look, we accept that a dog can hear frequencies which we can't hear in sound. We accept that we can't see at night, but other creatures can see at night. We accept that there are other creatures that can see heats and they can, you know, they can see temperature and we can't. And we accept all these things because we're taught them maybe at school. But then when it comes to this next step, and I don't know all of Einstein's you don't? theories. No, you don't I don't know. No, I don't, you know? So How have so we got on this for today? <laughs> and it's like, it's like that grounding around the fact that, oh, like you actually, there's so much more. And, I, and this is my, this is where I think it's a great place to start because when you're trying to find yourself or you're trying to understand your purpose or you're trying to like make sense of this whole entire world, when you realize there's so much that you don't know anyway and relinquish that control, I think that's one of the most freeing things that you can do that then actually sends you on a path to finding, finding in quotation marks, yeah. yourself and really understanding yourself that true essence. I think that's really true. I also think what's helpful is we try to think our way to enlightenment. Mm. Oh my God, let's talk about this. Yes. And really, it's more like a feeling. Like, I don't see gravity, Mm -hmm. but I know it exists when I feel a force pulling me down. Yeah. Right? And I don't see love, but I know when it's in the room because I feel a force pulling me up. And that's resonance. Yeah. Right? So I come from a music background. And I used to write music for film and TV and license songs. That's what I did for a decade is I licensed my songs to like Switch to Birth and Younger and Pretty Little Liars. And that was my career for a minute. And if you watch musicians before a show, if I take two guitars and they're next to each other and they're not even touching and I pluck a C string on this guitar, this guitar, the C string vibrates. It's resonance. So everything is constantly, totally looking to be in oneness all the time. That's why when two girls live together, their cycles match. Mm. All of a sudden, like, oh my God, did you just get your period? You're like, yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? Whether we're aware of it or not, our body is tracking the circadian rhythm of the moon and the planets and the stars right now as you and I sit here. Because it's just one geometric pattern. It's all in resonance. Mm. So instead of thinking our way into where we need to come home to ourselves, it's already done, right? What I love about the word Kabbalah and what I love about having studied it is that a lot of people will talk about the law of attraction and Kabbalah would be the law of reception. So the word Kabbalah comes from the Hebrew word lekabel, which means mm-hmm. to receive. So if I'm attracting something, I'm pulling something like a magnet that's over there, over here. If I'm receiving something, it's more like just turning on a radio And right now, if I put a radio here, right now, in in total actual terms, if I had a receiver, I could tune to here in this room with you right now. We could listen to salsa music. We could find a baseball game being played somewhere. We could find hip hop music. But depending where I'm tuned to, that's what I will receive. That's what I will hear. That's us. We are radios. So a lot of the problem for us and in this whole thing called the human, whatever this experience, this matrix, is we think we need to be the music when we are the radio. So 
if if Tom Petty is playing or Michelangelo was painting, they are allowing themselves to be a radio and this thing, this force mm. is coming through them. Like Fred Astaire dancing, it's a gift. He's a radio, right? Somebody being uh, willing to be a, a vessel for compassion. You're not creating love. You're just a conductor of it in that moment. So we can remove the pressure as a human, an ego. Like your ego doesn't need to come up with how you're going to prove yourself or what you're going to do. But by being available to the stream, your house is already wired for electricity. You're just going to allow yourself to be the lamp. And then it doesn't matter. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting, and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. Like look at the people on the dais. Look what they even look like, right? Esther Hicks, Dolores Cannon, Eckhart Tolle, Byron Katie, right? No one's curious about what size clothes they wear because the resonance is the same signal. The Wi-Fi is clear broadband and everyone's all in. That's mm -hmm. resonance.
There's nothing that has to be proven because they're not coming to you from a place of ego. There's no codependency. There's no keeping themselves apart from the stream and trying to muscle it. So the more we just let go of this illusion of self, this false self, this separate self, and we come into this oneness, it's amazing how quickly you receive all abundance. And really abundance, which is what everybody comes to me for, that seems to be the thing everyone says, this is what I want. I want a sense of abundance. We think the greatest feeling of abundance is actually in wealth, right? Because it feels so unlimited. And that's, by the way, because we know intuitively our soul is endless and we want to feel the feeling of being endless. But the most abundant thing we actually have access to is creativity. And when we are in doubt, shame, self-worth that has to do with the ego's need to prove, we're out of the magnet. We don't get a download. We can't be creative. Open-heartedness and joy lead to what? Spontaneity. And the ego lets go of trying to predict and control. So then creative thoughts come in because they're unpredictable. A creative thought, when I used to go to the studios, write a song, I would write something out of nothing. In order to do that, I had to stop trying to predict and be in control. So when we're in a state of receivership, we're in a high vibration, we get a creative idea. How has every single dollar ever been made in the world? It's on the other side of an idea. So really, the second that Steve Jobs came out of a calligraphy class and loved the idea of fonts and wanted to make beautiful technology, a zillion dollars was printed in the field because he had the download, but he had the download from being in a creative state and having an idea, right? That's Tesla. That's Mm -hmm. Howard Schultz telling me the story of walking through Italy and wanting to create a place where it was just about the coffee. It wasn't about the bacon and the eggs because it was just a place for two people to have a long conversation. That was Starbucks. That's what Starbucks Mm -hmm. was. It was that story he was telling. And on the other side of that powerful resonance, which came from an idea, which came from him stepping away from a conference and strolling around Italy and then being inspired, letting his guard down. He wasn't looking. He wasn't trying to figure it out. He was just inspired walking through Italy and said, What are those people doing on the corners drinking little cups of espresso? There's nothing in the cup. Why are they lingering? And he said, no one lingers in the United States. It's like we're going for a meal or we're going to work. But what about the third place, which is just about two people? It's not about the coffee. It's not about the eggs. He said, what if we could create that? And from public housing, he grew up in public housing. And that idea, 35,000 stores. So we can access We can tune our radio to receive abundance right now on the other side of being. We came here to create. That's our most abundant state. So when people say, how do I, like you asked Mm me, figure out my purpose, you're a creator. You Mm -hmm. came to create. And you will create when you are in a high vibe. You will start to feel inspired. You'll feel a force running through you and you won't be able to help it out of nowhere will come an idea. And those are the ideas that feed more charge in the world. And from there, your abundance lies. It lies there on the other side of letting go of control and being in a stream. I literally have goosebumps right now. (laughs) Like, I'm checking, I'm like, is she really? No, this is like, insane and so much truth in that i want to stay in this vibration that we have now that is creative and feels free and i also know people are going to be listening to this 
okay, but how do I change my vibration? Mm-hmm. And I know that part of the asking the how is not really what it's about, but still some people like to hear a little bit about the how so they know that they're in that right direction. Yeah. I love that analogy of the guitar strings. Isn't that so because good? Because a C and a C, yeah. it's not when you vibrate and you, you know, mm-hmm. um, play the C, the E or the no. D didn't vibrate. It's a C because they match that frequency, Matching right? Matching vibration. And so then, if someone knows they're at a C and they want to be vibrating at a B and A, and obviously, you know, notes on a notes are very different. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, how does someone like really be aware of what frequency that they're even vibrating on in the first place? So that's a great question. It's it's probably the question. It's interesting because I lead retreats and stuff, and we did one a few months ago. And this woman raised her hand and she asked a similar question. And I said, how much of your week this week so far were you feeling like 11 out of 10? Like, so good. And she's like, you want the honest answer? I'm like, of course. And she's like, I don't know, like 30%. I'm like, 30% of your week, you felt at 11 out of 10? Like you felt 100% so high? So she's like, no, no, I guess not. I said, so how much of your week are you like tuned in, turned on? You are turned on by life. And she's like, that all the way? I don't know, like a few seconds here and there. I'm like, okay. So what would you desire it to be? And she said, well, I mean, I think it would be awesome if like 60% of the time I felt amazing. And I said, hang on a second. How do you feel physically right now? And she said, good. And I said, this week, how much of the time did you feel 11 out of 10 physically? And she said, I would say like 90% of the week I felt that way. I'm like, 90% of the week? And she's like, yeah, like I didn't have a headache, didn't have a backache, didn't feel nauseous. Like, like, thank God, like I feel good. I said, okay. And would you want to feel 100%? She's like, yeah. And, and in order to do that, she's like, I'm eating less gluten and I'm working out more. And, and I was like, okay. I said, do you, do you notice you didn't even say you desired to feel a high vibration 100% of the time? You said 60%. I said, would you ever sit in front of a doctor and say, I will be totally lit if 40% of the time I feel awful? If I can feel good 60% of the time. So 40% of the time, I said, if you felt 40% of the time like you had a headache, you'd be so concerned. Why do I have a headache 40% of my, my days? Why do I feel nauseous? Like, we'd be really worried. Your friends would be worried. It'd be a real thing. She's like, you're right. I said, so here's the deal. Thoughts create your reality. So what you just told me is, you don't even believe it's possible for us to feel good all the time. We are so practiced in memorizing. We memorize what feels safe. And because we have memorized feeling out of alignment, we are scared to feel in alignment. So let's take this further. So Brene Brown has studied vulnerability. Anyone who knows her knows that's her buzzword, vulnerability. So in her research, she wanted to know when do people feel the most vulnerable? And you might guess it's when they feel scared or angry or they are economically you know, feeling strapped. No, it's actually what you wouldn't suggest or think. It's when they feel the most joy. Why? Because 
when you have a moment where you fall in love or you are in Central Park and it's fall and you're eating those hot almonds and you're having a really cute like outfit day, <laughs> you feel so good. And, and then you become conscious that you feel good. And about eight seconds into being conscious that you feel good, you get scared. You start to think, what did I just do? What if something were to happen? Woo, I just lost control. Whoa, that was scary. And all of a sudden, all the foreboding thoughts come in. Something could happen. You know, I could break up with this person. You know, And that starts to make your body feel safe. Why? So I just had Rupert Spire on my podcast and I was talking about this because I'm constantly, constantly, constantly looking at this because mm-hmm. this is the heart of the matrix. And he said, listen, your ego, okay, wants to be in control. And there's always going to be a perfect amount of contrast. There's 12 hours of daylight. There's 12 hours of darkness, right? That's just like this beautiful, perfect balance, actually. You have an ego. Batman, and he didn't say this, but this is another piece of the truth. Without the Joker, Batman isn't Batman, right? Your ego is here as an emissary of the divine because when you choose beyond it, that's your breakthrough moment. That's your courage moment. You're not a superhero without your ego, right? So we all have one, but your ego wants to be in control. So Rupert Spiro was saying, have you ever seen a moth dance with a flame? Of course. He said, what happens? The moth loves the light. So the moth starts flying toward the light. And as it gets an inch away from the light, what does it do? Backs up. Why? Because the moth wants so much that light. That's the heart of all of its joy. That's the center of its attention. But it knows if it touches it, it'll die. Yeah. So it backs up. So he said, your ego knows because it's constantly, an ego, right, is meant to protect you. Mm -hmm. So if a deer hears a gunshot, it goes into fight or flight. The pupils dilate. The heart rate races, you know, the blood rushes to the extremities. It's out of the magnet. It can't create, it can't repair, right? It's like, it's looking for safety. We're constantly looking for safety. If we actually surrender to joy in those moments, in that Central Park moment, you dropped your defenses and your ego goes, well, you just stopped watching all the gates. You could get hurt. Go back into fight or flight. So when you say, how do I raise my vibration? We have to understand it's no longer about the mind. It's not about positive thinking. Your body, biologically, somatically, is wired into thinking that your nervous system needs to feel fear to feel safe. You have to retrain your physical body to say, you're okay in joy. You can tolerate this much joy. Because really, as much as people are like, well, I don't want a high vibe, you don't. You're scared in that place. Mm -hmm. You don't sustain it very long. But if you can retrain yourself, like, I don't need you right now checking all the doors and exits. I can retrain my nervous system that I can be in a state of joy. Then you can really do the real work, which is to utilize the oxygen and the life force running through you to take on the real joker, which is helping this whole matrix to find wholeness. And you can tell your ego, don't worry. When you feel good, there'll still be a problem for you to solve, but it'll be a bigger problem. It won't be about scarcity and abundance for you. It won't be about these constant ways you sabotage your relationship. It'll be about this big, giant world that you'll never, ever get to an arrival at because there'll always be a way to make it better. And you can tell your ego that, which gives it something to chew on. Like, okay, there'll still be a problem, but it's the real problem we're all supposed to be working on. I feel like I'm in a therapy session. 
<laughs> because this is the funniest thing. And I, I mean, people on this podcast know me by now. I always like stay really, really open on what I'm going through too. And it's really interesting what you were just saying because like recently, I feel like the happiest I have ever felt in my entire life. And there's things that used to bother me, they don't bother me so much anymore. And I feel like I've raised that thermostat or raised that vibration. But then the other day, I, it was my birthday and I hired a mansion in Bel Air. And they had so many friends over. My boyfriend threw me the party. I was so, so happy. I was like, oh my God, this is like the best day ever. And then like partway through the night, I had to go upstairs because I felt such bad anxiety all of a sudden. And I was like, why am I anxious? And what was going through my head was like, what if, what if the house gets, what if the house gets completely like destroyed and yeah. I'm like liable for this? What if, what if someone injures themselves? What if someone dies in the pool? <laughs> this is what yeah. I was thinking. And I was like, yeah. I don't know why I'm feeling like this, but you have just answered it. It's because my ego was like, oh, you're this happy, but hang on, you've got problems to solve. And it's like changing. I, I really enjoyed what you just said about, oh, I still get to solve problems. or I still get to have these feelings, but they're just going to be for different things. Like, I don't need to get stressed about being late or these what if hypothetical situations that are not going to happen. I wanted to point that out because I think in this moment, lots of other listeners will have felt that same thing. Like, oh, I do do that. And I do sabotage myself, but not necessarily sabotage that way. It's just these fear. I was like, why am I ruining this moment for myself with this stupid, like... That's what we do. Yeah. It yeah. was so interesting. Yeah. Because you're a soul having a 3D mm. experience in a body and your ego and your body wants to keep you safe. And it's like, no, I'm going to be in charge. So I'm going to find a way to ground you so that you don't lift off like a thousand balloons. What's interesting is people often, right? We want things. We desire things. We want more joy. We want more money. We want a better relationship. And people are saying to themselves, but I, I have a vision board. I want things. I know what I want. I have a clear vision, but we don't get what we want, Mm -hmm. right? We get what we are. We get that vibrational match, that resonance. So what's so beautiful is like, it can't miss you all this good mm. stuff because you've done the spiritual work and you're just a match for it. So you're you're just going to have to keep learning yeah. to tell your little kid self that yeah. developed an ego to keep yourself safe, to try to prove yourself, protect yourself. You're okay. You're fine. But what's interesting is in saying what you just said, I've had a huge realization over the last few years, which I've been saying out loud and sharing this because it's the opposite of what we think. It takes so much humility to receive. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. If the ego is the arrogant part, the part that thinks it's separate from God, that's egotistical. That's not grace, mm-hmm. right? Like I was taking a hike the other day near my house and I was looking at the mountains. And then from there, you can also see the ocean. And I thought, how humble to just be in full total expansion because you're not trying to stop it because it's not about you. It's about the force that's bigger than you, right? It wouldn't be humble for a mountain to say, oh, no, 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 make me a hill. It wouldn't be humble for the ocean to say, this is about what I can tolerate receiving, so make me a pond. It's like, no, because it's about something much bigger than me. And I do this exercise at the retreats that I lead where I have everybody get in a circle and have them write themselves a check. Like, 
write yourself a check on the piece of paper in front of you and now go in the circle and line up in in a row, depending on how much money you wrote. So some people write 200,000, some people write a million, a billion, five billion, a hundred billion, and everybody's in a circle. And then we go around with the microphone. Let's say there's a hundred women and it's like 75,000 all the way to like one person put infinity. So I say, close your eyes. Find your center in that place. How much love can you give from that place? The only correct answer is endless. Find your center. How much love can you receive from that state? Endless. So when we are connected to the oneness that is really what we are at the core, the only numbers of anything is full, infinite, endless. Everything else is egotistical. Everything else is our own barometer going, well, this is what feels humble and this is what feels in integrity because this is how much I've decided that if I had more than this, I would trigger that person or I would be unsafe because this person wouldn't like me. So that's all static. That's all ego. So when people want to receive more abundance in love and in health and in money, it's important to come back to orienting to ourselves what we are rather than what we think we are and then you see where all the static is it's like the more we realize the heart right as an example the heart pumps blood Mm -hmm. and receives blood to do what pump it into the body right so would it be humble if the heart was like oh i just want this much Because where does it go? It goes into the whole body. So because there is no you and me separate, I would want to be a vessel for as much love, as much light, as much money, as much oxygen, as much as possible, because I am representative of a current. The word currency comes from the word current. It's moving constantly. Nobody has anything apart from somebody else. There is no way to separate any of us. So the more we're all in the stream, that's grace. That's humility. But we've been designed constantly to see 3D, like I said before. So we see it like, well, he has this and she has this. That means there's less for me. And what does that mean about them that they've allowed themselves to have that? That's if we're separate. If there's oneness, if I'm seeing not with my eyes, but I see further with my eyes closed, what do I see then? I just see a field, one field. And isn't it amazing how anytime you've really seen and you've had insight, you have insight. You see further when you pray, when you meditate, because your eyes are closed. You don't really see with your eyes because the eyes are all about the separation. So this is where living in Jerusalem and then moving to LA, it was just a whole different ball game for me moving here and coming here and being able to build a business was like, I mean, it wasn't a thing to try to put myself into a a sea of millions of dollars was like, I mean, look at the Grand Canyon. That's much more difficult than somebody just being 
uh, a radio for, for being a part of this dream. My personal perception, and I haven't done the work that you have done, so I'm just I'm speaking as a student as well. I know you'll probably describe yourself as a student, student too. Oh my god! But okay, and maybe not as far advanced student as you. Like you've studied that's more of humble. this, right? I would. I don't know. If that's true. But I, I'm curious at what how people can increase their ability to receive because I noticed that as a a journey that I've been on. And if I think back to, I mean, 2000, when I came on your podcast, I shared like 2016 was a really pivotal year for me. And if I think about my life in 2016, I was, wasn't receiving that much love in the relationship that I wanted to. I wasn't receiving the money that I wanted to. I wasn't necessarily receiving um, the friendships or you know, other aspects of my life that I wanted to. But if I also think back to it, I didn't know that I was worthy of receiving, that I could receive anything, or even was able to let that in. Like I remember in 2017, a mentor asking me, how much do you want to earn, right? And me saying, you know, I was earning like maybe $100,000 at the time, and I, yeah, maybe, maybe I was about, nearly, I was probably touching 100,000 pounds. And I was like, hey, 200,000. And he was like, mm, that's probably that far from where you're at. But I said, but that feels huge. And he's like, well, double it. Four, you want to earn 400,000 like, pounds, dollars, whatever, next year. And I was like, <gasps> like, it was like my whole body resisted. I couldn't even imagine receiving that. But I feel like people listening to this will also have that feeling of like, I don't know how to be open to receiving endless amounts or this amount or whatever that is. Okay, it's a great question. And this is fun. And I am so much a student just like you. And that's the gift of being on the journey. We just keep learning. So the way I would think about it is I might be Jewish, but I love Christmas and I love Christmas lights. So I put up Christmas lights like crazy. Mm -hmm. I love celebration and lights. So last Christmas, I hired this guy to put up Christmas lights. And my husband's like, we don't have enough in the circuit breaker for the amount of lights you're using. (laughs) And I'm like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, obviously, (laughs) he's just limited. He's Mm -hmm. in scarcity. I'll just get all the lights. And so I have three little kids. I have three daughters, five, eight, nine. They're like, right? So we just get all the things, all the lights. And then they would go on and about 19 seconds later, they would flick off and then my computer would shut down upstairs and the (laughs) refrigerator would go off. And he's like, I'm telling you that we don't have it to hold this much electricity. So I said, what do we need to do? Because there has to be a solution. I'm very into like, let's find the solution. He's like, you'd have to call an electrician and add more to the breaker. So out comes the electrician and he's like, okay, each one of these is like, whatever the numbers was, 250 watts. So you would need this many more. And then you could fire your computer, your fridge, all these lights, plus your Tesla charger, like all of it will run. I just need to put two, three or more, whatever it was. Great. We are those guitars. It's just energy. There's nothing we have to do. It's not about how do I... It's like how much resonance is going 
to be held by you right now. And you can freaking feel it. When someone walks in the room, I'm sure we've interviewed similar people, but like yeah. Matthew McConaughey, that day that I sat with him, I was I said to him out loud, I was like, let me just say this out loud 10 times just so we can get to the interview. I was like, you're so hot. You're so hot. No, I'm not done. I was like, you're not done. I was like, you're so hot. You're so gorgeous and hot. And he was laughing and I'm like, one more, one more. <laughs> I go, okay, now we can, I was like, I, 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 now I can calm down. I'm like, it's so much heat that I just, I, I, I have to say it out loud or else I'm going to pretend that I'm breathing. I'm not really breathing the way you think I'm breathing. <laughs> so how much charge does he hold? A lot. Okay. There's very little static mm-hmm. there. It's just fully in this field. Okay. There's very little static. We know when we have broadband, we know when we have bad signal. I actually live in Brentwood, so we had to do like an extra three backflips to get good Wi-Fi because I live in a place where actually there's no cell reception at all. I actually have to use my phone through Wi-Fi, which is interesting and kind of cool. But my point is, how much reception do you feel? And there's only two buttons in this video game. You're either in reception or you're in resistance. We overcomplicate this game. We're like, let's read 20 more books. Let's go to this workshop. There are two settings on your circuit. You're either in resistance or you're in reception. And you can feel when you're back in alignment. We can feel when you are setting down, needing to prove, needing to be liked, trying to earn it. A lot of people, when it comes to, oh, billions, oh, this, up comes all their stuff around receiving, which starts back from the way they programmed money as related to love. So for kids, a lot of times growing up in their home, they felt that love was earned. If I get good grades, I get love. If I lose weight, I get love. If I'm perfect, if I don't talk back, if I da-da-da-da-da, I get love. That is not love because that's a that's transactional, right? When somebody loves you, they should say, if you say, why do you love me? What's the reason you love me? The only correct answer is I love you for no reason. Because if I love you for a reason, it's the reason I love, not you. Love by definition is a gift. I think about my kids, okay? Like I have three daughters. I went through 12 rounds of fertility treatment and miscarriages and things and different kinds of situations. And then was successful three different times. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. They're so beyond word special. And I remember holding my daughter, Eliza. And when she was born, I remember looking at her face. Like your face is so beautiful. Her face is so beautiful. Her cheekbones, like a lot of babies sometimes are sweet, but not cute. She's exquisite and sweet. She's both. And the nurses were like, They would have to whisper, she's so beautiful. I'll show you a picture when we're done. And I remember thinking, what could I have possibly have done to earn Eliza? Like, what could I have done? Was it like, oh, that paper I wrote in college, that that pushed it over the edge, that God was like, you earned it now. You can cash this in. The answer is there's no amount of achievement or goodness or kindness it equals her. Nothing. It's a gift. And it's such an awesome gift that you just 
surrender your ego completely because there's no way for your ego to stand in that conversation. You just go into gratitude. You just receive it. You just are bulldozed over by wonder and beauty. And you just go to thank you for grace. This is amazing. You see people who don't have vision and you think of your eyes and you're like, what did I do to earn eyesight? What would it cost me to have an eyeball? There's nothing. Hmm. There's no amount. All of it is not earned. All of it is there already. It's already done. God is so infinitely generous. The universe is so infinitely gorgeous. Think of the 19 colors of green on your one tree outside your door. Think of the way in which every person has a unique way that their smile charges another person at the bus stop. It's amazing. No one else can perceive reality for us. No one else can focus our attention for us. And so often we're just focusing our attention on a thought that's a lie that keeps us apart from the stream. And that thought starts to get really confusing and like, well, who would I be if I had this money? And what would I, I can't even imagine that. It's like, you already have a jackpot. You have had jackpot after jackpot that you never earned. You couldn't earn those anyway. So that's how you continue to have the humility and the grace to keep receiving because by receiving life itself, and being in that state of gratitude, you love other people into life. The whole thing is about learning to receive love. And love is not earned. And that's the shift people need to make because they inherently don't feel worthy of love because somewhere that was modeled. Mm. And that's a human egoic like creation. That's not about us and this matrix. The waves receive constantly from the ocean. They don't even think about it. Who's beating your heart? Who's giving you a, you know, it's interesting when somebody dies in a hospital and they bring them back to life, they take electricity and put a charge on them, hoping that that charge starts the electric charge. So there's literally a major massive circuit breaker that's keeping our circuit on. And every second we're being given this electricity. What did we do to earn that? So why do we make money into a whole big thing? Because money is where the ego loves to show up because it's separateness. It's what you have, what she has, it's ego. How about, again, allow for the most amount of charge in every way to come through? Oxygen, love, kindness, compassion, and money, and good hikes, and yummy sex life, and all of that stuff. And then you are the most humble version of you. And now you can tackle the real reason and the real juicy problem, which is how do we get more light into the world? How do we as a collective come together so that we can move this whole spaceship forward? The message that I got from that too, if you think about my, the question that led me down that is how can we receive? and you're already receiving. And I think that's the biggest thing that people don't even recognize. They're like, I have all of these things to work on. I don't know how to receive, but you do. Because like you say, you've got that heartbeat, you're living, you're doing all these things. 
right back down around to the beginning of our conversation, like you we were saying something around like finding purpose. It's not a doing a thing. It's not a label. It's a feeling and a vibration and a charge and a that receiving. And I think just, I don't know, I've I've almost changed my perspective from the beginning of this conversation to the end. Well, I want to say something about the purpose thing because I want to help people mm. listening with this because so often people will say, well, I don't know what my thing is. I don't know what my purpose is. And really it's that they do know, but what's hiding what they know is I don't feel worthy of it. I don't feel good enough or it's not possible. And we are just scared of trying things and having them be in beta. But the first time that Fred Astaire was dancing, if you look under his tap shoes, his feet are all bruised up and bloody, right? Yeah. And there's, there's no longer a willingness to just be in our process. To, you know, I, was, I had Jason Mraz on the podcast and he's like, you should see my studio right now. I take everything out. There's a ukulele on the floor and there's like paper and pen all over the piano. And he's in a process. He's in creativity. It's like, oh, it's a, a, it's, a, it's a hillside of wildflowers. We're so in ego that we want it to look right already. We want it to be received already. We want somebody to approve of it already that we're afraid to let something creative have a process. When you're building a baby, you don't take it out of the oven until it's been 40 weeks or, or thereabouts. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's not happening. We just yeah. need to allow for the grace. And there's so much ego and there's so much shame around not being perfect and about wanting to be liked and wanting to have answers and wanting to know that we say, I don't have a purpose. And it's like, you do have one, but if you're willing to trust yourself and when you watch like an artist, like let's say somebody's going to illustrate Mickey Mouse. They take a pencil, they go over to a canvas, and they draw the circle like 19 times, right? They go yes. around, 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 and they get the ear, and they do it better, 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 better. As they're drawing, they're literally improving it as they're drawing. And then at the end, there's like 300 circles that make up this mouse, right? And that's somebody who's actually dialed in. That's somebody who's like a legit, like best Pixar animator they have right now. If you would allow yourself to let go of trying again to win what your ego needs, approval and safety, and you need the ROI. And if you would just let yourself start the podcast and see how it goes and feel into it, if you would let yourself get out of the way and get out of the predictable, your ego wants to predict, your soul wants the unpredictable. The best dates of your life were never, I knew exactly how it was gonna go and it went that way and I want every day of the rest of my life to be exactly what I can predict. No, the best times of your life is when you call your girlfriend, you're like, you won't believe what happened. Why did that feel so good? Because it's unpredictable. Your soul's craving the unpredictable. So if you could allow yourself to be in alignment, you'd say, I actually have so many ideas and so much I'm brilliant at, and there's like 15 things that are my purpose. But if I'm in this place of needing, codependent, belonging, because my ego can't handle not being certain, not being like, not being approved, not having immediacy, right? Because it wants to predict mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. Then you're going to say, well, it's lucky for her. Good for her. She started a podcast. Good for her. She started Boss Babe. Good for her. I don't even have a thing. Of course you have a thing, but it's on the other side of letting go of control. It's on the other side of needing to hold on to it a certain way. And so then what I've been able to do with this podcast of mine is called Don't Keep Your Day Job because it's all about doing your life's work, not having a job. A day job feels like something where you check out and you feel miserable. So everything other than that to me is not keeping your day job, right? 
And I say to people, of course, you can make a living doing what you love. Of course, that's there for you. You were designed. Every person is like a missing puzzle piece. Without you, there's something that just doesn't get created. There's a thread, a color, a thing that we need. And we kind of inherently know that. And so what's interesting is after doing 600 and whatever many episodes, I've seen that everyone falls into five different categories in terms of what kinds of things become a purpose. One is making a thing. Like I make soap, I write songs, I make dresses. One is teaching a thing. I teach people how to create a social media following. I teach people how to podcast. I teach people how to write songs. I teach people photography. Another one is curating. Like I curate. I don't make the food or teach people how to make croissants, but I'm a foodie and I know how to find good food and I have good taste. So I might be a curator if I'm an editor of somebody else's writing. I don't want to write the book and be the maker, but I want to curate the book. So there's curators, right? And then there's people who are like investigators. They're like, I just want to investigate happiness and create content around that. Like Malcolm Gladwell, people think he's a psychologist. He's just a researcher. He just is curious. He's a person who gets paid to go be curious, right? And so we live in a world where you can investigate a topic and get paid. And so I say these things to people because I'm like, you just don't even give yourself the chance to think the thought that there's anything out of what's been predictable for you. But if I say this and you listen to my show and you, you listen to your show and you start seeing evidence of people who've reached for different kinds of branches and are actively living right now, getting paid to do pottery, getting paid to create a, a movement of women online, you're like, that already exists in the world. So obviously it's a possibility, right? We have so much of a zone of genius inside of us, but we play in our zone of like confidence and excellence because we're scared of being in this messy place. You've never seen a preschooler who's not creative. And that's because preschoolers are okay with getting paint on their face. But once you hit like eight or nine or 24, you're like, I'm no longer okay with that. So now your need to please and have approval is keeping you from your symphony, your podcast, your business. So I say, if you, if you grow a business, that is like the best therapy because you will meet all oh the areas yes. where you find resistance and you'll meet it in social media. And people will say, I don't want to be visible because I don't want people to look at me. Uh, I don't want those comments. It's like, well, you could only sign off. Yeah. If you're signing off on it, that's why it's hurting you. So you have to look at your own. I mean, it's just amazing how many lessons and how many ways we can expand and find breakthroughs by actually going into the eye of the storm, a la becoming an entrepreneur. And I think that is when you talk about leaving your day job, you talk about being an entrepreneur and starting a business. That is the first step in that. Like if you, some people will come up with those hurdles straight away from their childhood, from their upbringing, that sounds like that first one to overcome. And you're right, I would agree. Like the fastest way to go on a personal development journey is to start a business. 100%. Because every single milestone will show you something else that you get to overcome. And it's not that you need to overcome. We don't need to do anything in life, but we get to choose and get to take that power to really make sure that we're in resonance as well with ourselves. When you start break, not breaking down, but like when you start taking those, you know, and like I said, a Hoffman, like they have, it's like an onion almost at our center, start shedding these layers and then you get really to your core. Yeah essence of who you are and then that you know the resonance that you or the vibration that you put out into the world is actually really who you are and not 
you know, layers from other people over the years. Yeah. And that's why in business, what's so cool is that if you have a hobby, it's about you, right? You can do it today, not do it. But if you have a business, there's economics involved. That means someone's paying you, which means somebody needs or wants what you made, which means you're going to have to unravel your codependency. You're going to have to understand that your abundance doesn't come from them saying yes or no. It comes from what you are a vibrational match for, period. You're going to have to understand that to create something someone else needs or wants, you have to let go of your ego and have radical empathy. You know, I was just interviewing, I'll tell you real fast, because it was so inspiring, Kendra Scott. Kendra Scott. Oh my God. Yeah. Love this. I didn't realize that the business is now over a billion dollars, a billion with a B. Wow. And she was saying that she loved early on when she would take her earrings and jewelry and like she would literally start by going to like 15 yeah. boutiques. And when somebody would say no, she said, you know, no in the mirror turned backwards is on. And I'd be like, this conversation is on. Like, this is awesome. And so she would say, I love that you're saying no because I want to know why. And it'd be so valuable if you told me your feedback. Like, what would you have changed about the line? Or is it the price? Is it the shape? Is it the color? Is it the style? And then she would go out of her way to send that person a basket of goods, cookies, chocolate, flowers. And she loved it. She meant it. It wasn't disingenuous. She, she appreciated the answer keys. And so you think about, oh my God, what an incredible way to break through shame because everything was a yes. It was all a win. It was all good. It was all failing forward and getting yeah. feedback. So this is why when you start a business, you unravel and you have something actual actionable to test how much spiritual growth do you have in here? That's why, you know, an atom is 99% energy, but 1% yeah. particles. So I love having a business because all this spiritual work, it literally, the rubber hits the road when you're in business with someone else. You're collaborating with someone else. Somebody else is paying you. You get a place to employ all of this and you get to see where it's still sticky. You go, ooh, look how I reacted to that. Yeah. What's going on with me that's not really in alignment here? And gosh, is it so easy and fun and cool when you realize how this all works and you go, oh my God, I'm allowing in all of this now. This feels so much fun. That's why I love teaching people to grow a business. This has been one of my favorite conversations on the podcast. Honestly, I, I was thinking this might going to go into my Slack channel, my team, of like everyone in the company has to listen you. to this episode because I think when you take, charge of your or take not use the word control but take ownership ownership of the stuff that we spoke about today when you realize how much you can change your feelings right now your vibration right now you really understand how much you can change in your future and it doesn't take that long no and i just want to say this last thing is i started my podcast five years ago right now we're at almost 40 million downloads and when i started i didn't have an instagram account I was a 37-year-old mom with three kids, and my youngest was 10 days old. Now, this podcast generates multi-millions of dollars. I just signed a big network deal, just signed a second book deal. It's amazing because someone would have said, how long is this now going to take you if you're starting from scratch? But resonance is real. So if you are calling people forward, from this greater thing, this spaciousness, mm-hmm. this expansion that we talked about before, everybody feels it. We all, nobody says, oh, I really wish I could have chocolate covered pineapple if you've never had it. Because you're not missing something <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Much. 
but we all are missing and wanting and craving oneness because we know oneness, that's our soul. So when we hear something that's resonant, we go, mm-hmm. ah, I know that. that, that's resonant with me. It reminds me of home. And we all come back to ourselves through somebody else's resonant. It gives us Wi-Fi. We all become like a Wi-Fi pong to the other person. It bumps us right back into alignment. That's why it doesn't have to take more than one second. It's not about moving through time and space. It's not about linear things and it's about resonance. So everything we talked about, I say to people, the answer to how you're going to grow your business is not what you're going to do, but who you're going to be. Drop in. I don't care if you have 300 followers, 30 followers, the 3,000 followers. If you show up and call people forward from this place, they feel it. They want it. You charge them by charging them. And when you charge someone's batteries, they're excited to walk into Cartier and spend $35,000 on a necklace. It's a gift. So we charge each other when we actually charge. Mm each other. And that's why business is just, it's a blast. Wow, that was a mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, do you want to share, obviously you mentioned your podcast, but do you want to share your handles as well? And your podcast is amazing. I love it. So this, you know, I love it's having, not 40 million downloads for no reason. You I know? love you. And I loved having you on my podcast. My handle on Instagram is just me. It's kathy.heller. And um, I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm actually teaching a podcasting course. I do it once a year. That feels really fun. Um, and then I do a lot of retreats and stuff. But all of that you can find yeah. on my Instagram. We'll put some links as well. We'll put some links to I want to do website more and- things with you. I feel like since we're both in LA, we're going to have some <laughs> kind of an event collab or something. You had it here first. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Kathy. You're amazing, by the and way. And you, likewise. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode on the Boss Babe podcast, then I'd absolutely love it if you leave us a review. As a thank you, we'll send you our side hustle success kit. Your simple, no BS guide to keeping track of everything that you need to do to start and grow your business. To access this freebie, all you need to do is leave us a review, then share a screenshot of your review with contact at bossbabe.com and we'll send this must-have kit straight to your inbox.